Remember when you asked me last week if, who I thought of the guys that were left on the market, who's most likely to come back in Baltimore? <laughs> I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> well, you're biased too because Jimmy's your guy. Where does the where do the picks actually get made? I think they're going to be just calling it into the NFL basically, and then you're going to have Roger Goodell and his man cave. Um, <laughs> you know, it's going to look like you in Final Drive. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how much do you miss me by this point? For listeners, we have a setup where I can see your face. You've got a webcam and I can see your face. I might I much preferred it when I didn't have to look at you. Now I'm just staring at your face for 40 minutes as we do this podcast. It was much better when there was no camera involved. Well, so does yeah. that answer your question? Welcome into the lounge. No guests today. But that means we can finally answer your questions. They've been piling up in the mailbag here. I've got, I think we have more questions that are kind of backlogged than we've ever had. And we won't even get to all of the questions. We had to pick the best of the best. I mean, when you have this many questions, the fans got to really bring it. You know, like some of them get left on the chopping block. That's the tough thing when there's more people sending in questions. So we've got the best of the best that we're going to read today. Nice, nice. And as always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. You know, I was thinking, Garrett, and my wife brought this up. Why do we not get questions on social media like hashtag the lounge, right? Just hit up at Ravens, hashtag the lounge. Well, fans already kind of do that on Ravens mailbag. It's kind of the same premise. Uh, So fans are already sending those in for mailbag. True. We want, you know, we want our lounge listeners to go the extra mile. You know, our lounge listeners (laughs) already do that. They are a great community, and they're sending them in. And also, let's be honest, you and I get questions tweeted at us all the time that we can answer and sometimes do. Um, So you're Mr. Big Time. You get more questions than I do at, what is it, at GDowning14? Well, that's because, you know, I don't know if I'm Mr. Big Time, but people know that I'm just a man of the people, and you think that you're better than interacting with fans. I engage and interact and am involved. You're like, I don't have time for these little people. That's your attitude. That is not true. That that's, is that's not true. I do have more followers than you. See, that's what I'm saying. Mr. Big time. <laughs> you don't pay attention to the people. <laughs> you don't tweet as much. You're too busy with at Ravens. You don't even do much on your own personal profile, but you that's can, true. you can hit us. You can always hit us up uh, on Twitter. I'll just say us personally then Gary uh-huh. uh, at Ryan Mink and at G downing 14. Uh, you can hashtag the lounge if you want. Um, we're happy to answer questions there as well because we are both men of the people, Garrett. Yes. Um, anyway, a lot to talk about. And Garrett, why don't you, you have the emails pulled up. Pulled up. We have you, a bunch uh, of emails here. And, and we also have a lot to talk about that we haven't discussed because in terms of the football moves that have happened since over the past yep. few days, uh, which yep. is the addition of Jimmy Smith, uh, re-signing Anthony Levine, uh, re-signing of Chris Moore. We're going to get to all that. Um, you know, we had podcast guests, uh, Monday, Eric Costa, Tuesday, Dick Cass. So now we're just getting a chance. And to Friday, digest Calais Cam- Campbell, Calais Campbell on Friday. Uh, so we're now just digesting some of the things that have happened over the past few days. Um, and like I said, we've got a backlog of emails. So this is one of my favorite emails and we'll read this before we get into some of the nitty gritty of what's happened in free agency. This is from Jack Carroll, email the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. He said, my buddy and I just rewatched the full Broncos 2012 playoff game and enjoyed messaging back and forth about it and about the big plays we'd forgotten, like that huge, you do it better <laughs> than I do, huge, huge. Third down conversion. 
uh, to Anquan and Dennis in overtime, and then the Jimmy Smith tackle on punt coverage that pinned the Broncos deep and changed field position for overtime. We enjoyed it so much that we considered doing it for another game. But then we thought, hey, we got a lot of time on our hands. Why don't we go ahead and watch an entire season because NFL Game Pass is currently free. So there's a little mm -hmm. plug. If you're looking to watch a bunch of games, go check out NFL Game Pass. It's free. You got a full archive. You got coaches tape. So if you want to pretend like you know football like Ryan does, you watch the coaches <laughs> tape, the film. No, uh, nah, man. 22. Come on. You know me. I go to YouTube, those Harris. <laughs> yeah, you, don't even, you don't even mess with the coaches tape. Uh, you just go straight to YouTube. Um, anyway, his on, question <laughs> is if you were going to do a full season rewatch, which Ravens season would you pick and why? I mean, I would go to 2019, right? I mean, Come it on. was the most entertaining season, but it's so fresh. I don't know that I would – it's just, like, I remember it too well right now. And also, to be honest, it also would kind of make me a little bit angry because the team was so good and has so many blowouts and it was so fun. But then in the back of your mind, you're kind of sitting there and knowing, like, how it ended. And, like, sure, we got, we've kind of gotten over it at this point, but it's still mm -hmm. sort of fresh. Like, it's still kind of – it's still a little bit fresh. And as, if I'm watching, like – that game against the Rams, the Monday night football blowout. And like, this team is unstoppable right. in the back of my mind. I would just be like, how did they lose in the divisional round? Oh, I'm still, I'm still wondering that despite watching it back. Yeah. I don't even <laughs> need to watch it back. And I'm still have that in the back of my mind. Um, I mean, I think 2019 is just the most fun. You would just, it's just enjoyable. Uh, another one that you could go back to was what 2014 was uh, the, the Kubiak year. Mm -hmm. That was a really fun season. Uh, just because the offense was really homing, running the ball, Justin Forsett was really good. The defense was good. Um, that, that was a fun team. Steve Smith, 2008 was interesting because Joe's first year, going back and watching Joe as a rookie, I mm -hmm. think would be pretty fascinating. Uh, and seeing John Harbaugh in his first year and some of these guys, I mean, that was a young, young team that overachieved. And that's kind of, you know, it was fun while it was happening partly because you're coming off a really tough 2007 season a brutal season and then the Ravens really overachieved like I said in 2008 and that made it even more fun um so watching it back wouldn't necessarily be that way but uh I, I I'd be interested in going back and watch Joe his entire year as a rookie so did you just not say the Super Bowl seasons because you felt like that was like too easy of an answer well I thought he was saying 2012 was already taken well no no he I think he's saying he he watched he just watched the 2012 uh, playoff Denver game, game. The, the Denver, Denver game. game yeah I mean watching the Super Bowl year of course that would be amazing either and then them. 2000 team if you don't like points sure yeah <laughs> know, that's, that's, a, that's the thing a about that one. season what they go four <laughs> games without a touchdown well does does Game Pass go back that far I didn't think that Game Pass even you can watch games that far back. I'd have to, yeah, I don't know how far back it goes. We'd have, we'd I don't have to think go, it does. Yeah, we'd have to go and double check that. The other season that I actually would think is that you didn't mention mm -hmm. is 2011. That team was a really good team. That was and loaded. We said many times on the podcast and elsewhere that we feel like that team was better than the 2012 Super Bowl team. They yep. went 12 and four that year, had some awesome games, beat the Steelers in week one, 35 to seven. That was the uh, Terrell Suggs, God can have a soul, but his ass belongs to me about Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> yep. after the game. That was also the Thanksgiving, Har like the Harbaugh, the initial Harbaugh Bowl, right? Uh, yep. The 49ers Ravens on Thanksgiving night that the Ravens won had like 11 sacks uh, in that game. Um, 
I just feel like that would had. I don't know. That would that was a really really good team. And the defense like was, was really good that year. Twenty eleven. The the defense in twenty eleven was legit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Legit. I'm I'm gonna pull up the stats on that twenty eleven defense right now. Well, the other thing about that twenty eleven team is they 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 had some weird losses in there against teams that they definitely should not have lost to. They lost to the Titans. They lost to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks weren't all that great. Mm-hmm. Um, that year, I think, right? The Seahawks weren't that. That's that correct. Great. Yeah, oh, I was at that game. That was that was. And then the good. Jags, they lost to the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, but they just had some. I was at that game too. Like that was brutal. Confusing Monday night, losses. I think. Um, but but then like but then you have these games. I remember October thirtieth because I started in two thousand eleven. So I started right before that game against the Steelers, which was mm-hmm. the Tory Smith uh, catch in Heinz Field as mm-hmm. a rookie. The end of that game, which was an, an incredible ending. I'm sure fans remember that game. And then they beat the Cardinals thirty to twenty seven October thirtieth. That was the day before I started working for the Ravens, and that was the day uh, where Anquan Bolden basically went to the went to Flacco and the coaches at halftime and said, "Give me the ball, just give me the ball," and they force fed him. Um, and he basically single-handedly brought him back into that game. So if you're not going to do one of the Super Bowl seasons, I might point to 2011. That'd be a fun yeah. season to rewatch. Yeah, I think that's a good call. But here's the question is, do you watch the ending of that? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, turn, I know. You, turn it off, you turn it off at the start of the fourth quarter? You know, I feel like you can the, – the thing that, like, that season is so – and the ending of that season is so intertwined with what happens the next season because you had the Ray Lewis speech and you're mm-hmm. back in New England. And so, like, to me, it's a two-part series. You got to, like, get, <laughs> that's, the full, that's the full completion of that story. So I can almost watch it feeling like, okay, that was so frustrating, but the next year you got it done. Yeah. The reason it would be hard to do it this year is they haven't gotten to that point yet. So, you know, when the Ravens win the Super Bowl in 2020, we'll be able to say watch the 2019 season, uh, and it'll be a two-part series just like that one. Yeah. Oh, that 2011 season, I'm just pulling up the stats. That was uh, Terrell Suggs' defensive player yeah. of the year season. 14 sacks that year. Whew, gosh, seven forced fumbles. Well, I think we had about 30 sacks against the 49ers uh, in that Thanksgiving game. Yeah. So, Fernell McPhee had six. Paul Kruger had five and a half. Haluti Nada. Ooh, Corey Redding, you had – yeah. That team was, was legit. I, like- and I will uh, clarify, NFL Game Pass only goes back to 2009. So you can't go back to the 2008 season, which is a bummer. So just one last thing about that season. I remember, remember we had that Suggs uh, mm-hmm. banner thing in our mm-hmm. office that we oh, had yeah. from way back when. I always think about when you Suggs defensive player of the year season, because he came in, he thought it was a sweet picture. He signed it. And then after he won defensive player of the year, he came back in and uh, put DPOY on that. Uh, that's yeah, right which i thought was just cool. so we wouldn't forget that where did that ever go did he take that yeah i got it in my i got it on ebay here behind yeah exactly <laughs> exactly what, what's gonna happen with Suggs? i mean is he retiring Bring just, back. this is a total tangent but does he give it one more i feel like he's got to retire right i think he's probably got to retire i don't know that he's got much juice left in the tank it's not like you just won a Super Bowl. You I just mean, won a Super Bowl. You you go out on top. In, it's not like right. you're in the top ten sacks leaders. Your I always said that I thought he was playing another season to get to top ten all time. Yeah, and get another paycheck, and and then if you're top ten all time, just go ahead and that solidifies any right. doubt, which I don't think there was much doubt, but any doubt of him being a Hall of Famer. Now he's got a second Super Bowl. I would be shocked if he continues to play. I would be too, but it's interesting. I haven't heard anything about that. Isn't that the one day contract special? You know. Oh, I mean, he's definitely going to have a press conference in Baltimore right. for sure at some point. Not saying it's going to happen this offseason, but at some point, 
that's mm-hmm. absolutely happening. Yeah. But anyway, you got any other emails? I do. But before we read through all of these, you want to talk a little bit about what's going on in free agency and then we can right. use it as, right. as because some of these are specific to free agency. Um, remember when you asked me last week who I thought of the guys that were left on the market, who's most likely to come back in Baltimore? <laughs> I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> I, well, you're biased too because Jimmy's your guy. Yes, I am You're biased. biased. But who did I say? You said Jimmy. I'll give you credit. I'll give you mm-hmm. credit. You did. You did. And I think I, I said uh, Bynes. Yeah. Who, who, who just is now reportedly a Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, you got, you got that one. You got that one. But we're about ready to put our mock drafts together. We all know who's going to take that. I know. I, by the way, I, I, I know who I'm taking in the first round. Well, it better not be my guy. Uh, you know, I've already laid claim to two. I know. You, you, that's just name half the players that are mocked to the Ravens. But I've got, <laughs> I've got my guy right now. I'm not yeah. going to name him yet, but I, I've got him. So, well, mine's Kenneth Murray. So, done, taken. You can't take it. That's all right. Mine's Patrick Queen. Here we go. Uh, all right so on jimmy i think this is i mean one year deal which surprised me a little bit i thought he would get a a multi-year deal uh on the market from someone he might have had that as an option and he may have said you know what i'll I'll come back on a one-year deal with the ravens but um i just think it's a great move for the ravens they've got the best secondary in the nfl and now you have a player like when jimmy's at his best he's a top 15 corner in the league and he was playing great at the end of last season um and you've got him and marlin and marcus like i don't know exactly and Tavon. i don't know how they're gonna use all of them probably similar to what they did last year yeah, but they've been doing it it's a good problem i mean it's it's <laughs> you cannot have enough good corners and especially if you get them at a, a value price which is what the ravens were able to do with jimmy just a great move yeah, well, you look at the way that offenses line up nowadays. It's it's certainly not uncommon for you know three cornerbacks, four cornerbacks, and we'll see. Maybe Jimmy moves into some kind of versatile role, you know, similar to what Brandon Carr did last year, mm-hmm. where he he is on the field with Marcus and with Marlon. Uh, that would be interesting to see. But injuries happen. We all know that. Unfortunately, Jimmy certainly knows that. Um, and, and keeping those guys and their reps down throughout the course of a game. So they're not playing every single rep is of course a benefit. So yeah, I think, I think it's a good deal all the way around. Jimmy knows that he has more value to the Ravens, I think, than other places. Uh, the way we play defense, Jimmy, you know, suits Jimmy well. Um, and he didn't want to leave. That was, you know, at the end of the day, he didn't, he was pretty clear in talking to us before the season even ended last year that, you know, what was it? They better come to me. (laughs) They better come with an offer, you know? And so uh, the the Ravens have been very loyal to Jimmy Smith, uh, both in terms of, you know, through all of his injuries, through suspensions. Uh, So they've been loyal to him. I think he's being loyal to them. Um, It just works for both sides. Right. And this is a good opportunity to tell people that we're going to have Jimmy on the podcast tomorrow. He's mm-hmm. going to be joining the podcast, uh, so we'll be able to talk about all this. And uh, I, I just, you know, I did this in, on Final Drive yesterday. Like, when I think about the Ravens' defense, I think that they could go out tomorrow and play with the pieces that they have, and you feel good about where this defense is. Like, yes, okay, you'd like to add an inside linebacker, which will, I'm sure, happen in the draft, whether it's in the first round or not. But, like, let's just say you didn't. Let's just say Queen and Murray are gone, and you don't feel like you get somebody who's a plug-and-play guy. Like, 
they can find somebody to play that position. They have LJ Ford, who like we haven't talked really about at all, but he could be a, one of the starting inside linebackers. You got oh, better sure. on the defensive front. You're just as good as you were on the back end. Um, yeah, there's a bit like you're not going to be a plus at every spot. Like I'm just, right. I, my, I expect the Ravens to add an inside linebacker. But even if they don't, I feel really good about this defense. They were top five last year, and I think they're better than they were last year. Oh, absolutely. Like like. To, to, to be able to be in this position before the draft and the offense was, was the best in the league last year. So you've improved the top five defense. The offense is, is, you know, with the retirement of Yonda probably declined a little bit. Uh, and you traded Hurst and you traded Hurst and you traded Hurst. So the offense on paper has declined, but uh, you still have nine draft picks, including five in the first three rounds to address that. Like I feel like you just got to feel really good about what DaCosta and the front office has been able to do in the first week of free agency. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think you look at it, and once again, this is on paper. I don't want to sound like a Browns fan here, uh, but you look at it, and you have probably the one of the best defensive lines in football with Calais Campbell, who's a you know one of the best DNs still at this point of his career. Brandon Williams, one of the best nose tackle run stoppers in the league, and reportedly Michael Brockers, another great run stopper, uh, just excellent again on that edge and really good also providing some pass rush. Not a mm-hmm. not a you know eight stack guy probably but he'll push the pocket certainly and get a number of sacks um so you look at it on the defensive front you're loaded now you have probably the best cornerback four deep cornerback rotation in the league no question no i mean you have two pro bowlers you have marlon and marcus are two pro bowlers jimmy smith who everybody knows if he ever plays 16 games could very well be in the pro bowl uh, I mean, it might be tough for him now because he shares that position with two other pro bowlers, but he is a, that kind of talent for sure. You have Earl Thomas and Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark broke out last year. You have a, gr- a great safety duo. So, I mean, you look across the board and yeah, like you said, the Ravens have very few weaknesses. And not only that, you're in the top five of the league at four of the five position groups in the NFL. Outside linebacker, you still look at it. Matthew Judon's getting franchise tagged. That he's a an excellent player. Yeah. Some some if, if the Ravens didn't put the tag on Matthew Judon, he would have gotten a mega deal on right, the open right. market. Mega deal. So let's not overlook Matthew Judon coming back to this team. That's a yeah. big deal. All right. And when you look at it last year, you had Jalen Ferguson as a rookie. He should make a, a pretty big jump in year two. And even Tyus Bowser going into his fourth year, I believe, right? Yeah, fourth his year. fourth yep. season, he's been an ascending player. If he continues that ascension, we're looking at a maybe an eight-sack guy, mm-hmm. seven-eight-sack guy. Yep. Uh, so I think even an outside linebacker, even though the Ravens haven't addressed it, they've gotten better. I think even Judon could be better. I think Judon, at this point in his career, going into his fifth season, I expect him to play better next year than he did last year. Just as a side note, and I've said this to you, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast with Tyus Bowser. I know some fans like to point to that and, and kind of make the assertion that he's not panned out, that it's been not a bust, but not a great pick. I would not be surprised at all if he has seven, eight sacks next year and then gets a really nice deal on the open market after next season. Like a, a Michael Pierce type deal uh, would not surprise me, which Pierce Goa got three for, for 27 or they something like nine that. Mil. Yeah. So could, could, could Tyus Bowser get a $30 million contract in the open market next year? Absolutely. 
I yeah. absolutely think he could. Um, so I don't think like you've addressed the pass rush by by adding Campbell and, and reportedly Brockers. Um, of course, yes, if you have a great pass rusher there at the end of the first round and you get him, sure, great. When Eric said that when he talked to us, I mean, yeah, yeah they still want to get young pass rushers. Uh, and and one of those guys could certainly pop. I mean, the Ravens have a history. Zarius, I think, had what five and a half, six sacks his rookie year. I mean, one of those guys could certainly pop and be yep. a nice, nice piece in that edge rush department. Yep. Um, all right. So let's get into another question here. This one's from Bruno. Uh, Bruno asked one position the Ravens did not address and didn't even come up in any public reports was wide receiver. So is the depth and talent of the wide receiver draft class reflective of the lack of free agency interest? If so, what receivers do you presume are good fits and available for the Ravens in the second round? Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting um, where these wide receivers are being projected. I guess back up. Yes, I, I do think that the Ravens' lack of interest in free agent wide receivers is because of the draft. And like we've said before, I think the Ravens want to go young at wide receiver. They want to get guys who can grow up with Lamar, grow up with each other, and, and really build cohesiveness uh, and chemistry and trust and all that with their wide receiver core. I don't think that they're necessarily in a position right now where, you know, like they had been previously with Joe Flacco in which they were plucking these veterans in and plugging them in later in their careers. They want a young group to all grow up together on offense. Um, And that just jives with, they wanted to spend money on defense, addressing their defensive needs and the players were available on defense really fit the Ravens well and not as much a wide receiver. So it's all a money allocation thing. Yeah. Wide receivers loaded in the draft. Um, so I think that's where I expect the Ravens to make one or maybe even two picks at that position. And I would be shocked if one didn't happen in the first three rounds. You have five picks in the first three rounds. If one of those isn't a wide receiver, just I'm signing off. Yeah, I, I would, I'll do it one better. I'd be, I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen with the first three picks. So, um, okay. First two rounds, first, first two rounds. And that's assuming it, I also think the Ravens are going to be looking to move around and maybe package some things together. But as things stand right now, um, the first three picks, which would be the first two rounds, I think that would happen. I mean, the guy in the second round that you're already trying to lay claim to, and it would not surprise me, is LaVisca Chenault from Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands. Uh, got injured during the pre-draft process. Um, so that might hurt him a little bit, knock him out well, of the first round. Well, and has been injured. Has been injured. I mean, he was banged up his entire last season, which really hurt his stats. Yeah. So that would be that's that's the concern that's the knock. But when he gets the ball in his hands and he's healthy, uh, he can be a difference maker and a playmaker. So um, I yeah, think some other re- second round targets just to toss some names. Yeah, out sorry. There. Go ahead. Uh, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State is a six foot guy, smaller guy, but I mean, I think he had like some of the longest arms of the wide receivers despite being six foot. Just kind mm-hmm. of a freakish. Reminds me of Tyreek Hill in some ways. Uh, fast. Really? Yeah fast playmaker but he's big who Ayuk? he's big in the he's long and lean where tyreek is so compact and little dude he's six foot yeah but tyreek hill is like five nine you know is they, list, they probably list him at five eleven, but that's in cleats <laughs> like tyreek hill is, is five ten one eighty five. so he's bigger than tyreek you're right yeah. but i mean he's brendan Ayuk, six foot i mean he's one of the smallest wide receivers in this class, mm-hmm. 
I mean, Henry Ruggs is five. Yeah, Ruggs is the guy that, to me, Ruggs is the, is the Tyree Kill comparison, but Ruggs right. is going to be gone. Like, I just am really curious to see, like, with his receiver thing, I, uh, there's Ruggs, who's probably going to be gone. There's Jerry Judy. Uh, there's C.D. Lamb, who are all yep. probably going to be gone. Then, the then at, the, and at the end of the first, then you have, like, a T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, uh, mm-hmm. who are mid-first, late-first, early-second. Uh, would the Ravens consider either of them, any of them? I yeah. love, and I, and I know that I'm dreaming, and it's not going to happen. I'd, I'd give it up, I don't know, 2% chance. <laughs> That's probably being generous. Like, I would love if the Ravens were able to package something together and get C.E. Lamb. I just think the oh. guy's a stud. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think, he's a, I think he is an absolute stud, and if you put him next to his buddy Hollywood, it would be incredible. But like I said, I'm, I'm probably dreaming. He's probably gone in the top 15. But maybe if he, how far down would he have to slide before the Ravens say, let's go get him? Well, you know, that's the question. I think Late for Work addressed this very issue today, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the Ravens have the ammunition to make a, a pretty sizable jump. You talk about that second-round pick that they picked up in the trade for Hayden Hurst. You put that together, pick number 28 in the second-round pick. I mean, what did the Steelers – Yeah, the Steelers, Steelers, the Steelers to give spots. up Devin Bush last year went from 20 to 10, and they gave up their first. So they swapped first, they gave right. up their second, and then they gave up a third in this year's draft. So, so they, in the following year's draft? Right. Yeah. So 20 – and that's to move up to 10. Now, yeah, right, it's 10, 10 spots. spots anyway. Right, yeah. it's 10 spots either way. But I'm just saying, you're moving into the top 10. Yeah, That's more rich. Of, yeah. Right? I mean, and let's so, just say – let's just say, okay, that, that, <laughs> that C.D. Lamb is sitting there, and it's the 18th pick. Okay. Yeah. And would you give up your 28, your second, a second round pick, and then a third round pick either in this year's draft or next year? I think I would. Yeah. I think I would. (laughs) (laughs) You going to take that 2% to 5%? Well, if you and I were making the picks, you know, we'll just give up everything for a sexy player that we want to get. I mean, I do think that those three guys are legit Mm -hmm. wide receivers. I mean, pretty incredible talents. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would be willing to get, you have two second round. It's not like you're you don't have a second round pick after that. Yeah. You're moving up. The thing that I just am grappling with in the draft right now is like, I just, now one of those inside linebackers, Patrick queen or Kenneth Murray slide there. That's a great pick. Great fit. Seemingly, um, great value, all of those things. So if the Ravens feel confident that, that can happen, then I'd probably stay, right? I don't know that I'd do it if I feel really confident that I don't have to move up and I can get one of those two inside linebackers because it just feels like an immediate need with a, a really top-notch player, right? If, but if I feel like I am not going to get one of those two guys I, or I would have to move up for them anyway, I don't really love the other options that I see in mm-hmm. mock drafts mm-hmm. at 28, like if, if I'm not getting those two guys. So yeah. in that case, if I have to move up to get one of them, heck, I'll package a little bit more to move up a little higher and get one of those elite wide receivers, and then I'll get a inside linebacker in the second or third round that maybe yeah. I can plug and play. Right, um, right. I think that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, I think so, that's a, yeah. In, in late for work today, this was CBS Sports. RJ White has the Ravens moving up, trading up to number 13 to get Jerry Judy. Uh, with the San Francisco 49ers. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, you know, when we asked Eric the question, would you, are you going to be looking to move? 
I would say this. I also say that it's a low likelihood the Ravens pick at number 28. Eric made it clear. He put the, he put the message out there where I'm open for business. Give me a call. Let's make a, let's make a deal. Any GM listening to their lounge, which is every single GM in the league. <laughs> <laughs> He's open for business. Um, so, so, yeah, I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. Let's jump into another question. Wait, wait, wait. Um, hold on, hold on. I just want to toss a few newer names to answer oh, the question. The second yeah. round wide receivers. I just want to toss out a few guys. I, we mentioned Brandon Ayuk. Another guy to watch out for would be Denzel Mims from Baylor. I've seen him first, second. He's a guy that was awesome at the Senior Bowl, uh, then awesome, I think, at East West Shrine. And he, he's just been good through at, awesome at the Combine, just been impressive. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., Jalen Rager, KJ Hamler, Chase Claypool, all of those guys could be in the mix in the second round. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is an email to us uh, from Owen Likely. He says a big oh, I love Owen Likely. Love big Owen. shout out to you on the 200th episode. This is we did a 200th episode last week. He's been listening since day one, so we love the new listeners. But big shout out to people who have been there since day one. Thank you very much. Um, mm-hmm. So he says with the addition of Campbell tagging Judon, Yonder retiring, all the other moves that have happened and reportedly happened. What do you think is most pressing now? Yeah. Do you say linebacker or do you say offensive line? Mm. That's a good question. I probably feel like I still feel like inside linebacker is more pressing. Um, you know, the Ravens have Ben Powers. You can step in at right guard. I think that they've shown that they have a great track record with late mid round to late round picks who can perform early. I have a lot of faith in their ability to coach those guys up, Joe D. Um, you know, I have a lot of faith that you can find somebody at inside linebacker as well. The Ravens midseason added Josh Bynes, and it worked out pretty darn well. I just feel like because of the talent that you have on offensive line around whoever's going to play right guard, I mean, you have Orlando Brown next to him. Uh, I think that, you know, you'll have Skura back at some point at center. You have – Bozeman was really good at left guard. You have two Pro Bowl offensive tackles, Ronnie Stanley on the left side. And because of what Lamar and the running game offers, I just feel like, and the tight ends and all that stuff in the scheme, I just feel like right guard isn't as, I think you can hide somebody there, for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. there, a little bit better than you can an inside linebacker where you have LJ Fort next to him and nobody else right now. Yeah, I think that it's easier to look at the offensive line because you have and you and say it will be okay because you have you have a person there. You have, literally right. have a person that you could put into that spot. It could right. be McCarry, you know, if, if Skur were to come back as an option. It could be Powers. Yep. Uh, it could be Andre Smith. You know, who they've maybe you have you have, literally have options. People, right? Where linebacker, you're like I don't know who that is. I, there's not there's not someone on the team that's playing that position. And, and as yep. of right now, Ravens have not. Uh, resign peanut maybe they do um but they haven't at this point so um well with that said i think that offensive line like you're losing you're losing a hall of famer who's playing at it still a hall of fame level yeah so the drop off from him to whoever you're putting in there is going to be significant and so to try to to try to i mean you're not going to get to yana's level most likely uh mm-hmm. but but to try to make up some of that gap i think is is going to be even more challenging. And so that's why I would maybe make offensive line a higher priority. 
uh, than that, which is funny that we just spent so much time talking about receiver and training up for receiver. Um, and now we're talking about offensive line being the biggest priority still left to <laughs> address. Who wants to talk about trading up for offensive line? Yeah, that's, that's boring. Yeah, that's, that's, that's boring. And, and I, I, I agree with what you said, which is that the Ravens have had a lot of success getting offensive linemen later and, and then being great players. We've gone through the list many times. Mm -hmm. So you may not, you don't need to necessarily trade up for one. It, it is harder to find good offensive linemen on the free agent market in that, I think, second and third wave of free agency. I'll say that than it is, I think, an inside linebacker. Yeah. Um, and, and just sitting here thinking about it, do the Ravens play? I mean, they don't play with a ton of inside linebackers, mm -hmm. right? I mean, last year they were using safeties, dropping safeties down. Let's, let's think about this Chuck Clark drop down with LJ Fort and play some there. If we're going to bounce Jimmy up to safety at times. Well, also, um, you know, Anthony Levine was re-signed this week. So right, um, right. we haven't mentioned him, but you know, he's mostly a special teams player, but he gets in on defense at times, you know, he can play, say 15 20 snaps on defense and if they're using him as a linebacker essentially that wouldn't mm -hmm. surprise me if they have him in third down situations where he's basically a, a, a dime linebacker yep. role um just real quick i don't know on, it's a tough question offensive line versus inside linebacker tough question um just real quick on levine i just talked about that and then chris moore uh, both of these i see as free uh, uh special teams moves i mean these are these are moves to improve the special teams. I, I don't think the, you know, I, I love Chris Moore. I don't think the Ravens are, are re-signing him saying, all right, we got a receiving core set. I mean, that's a special teams move. That's, <laughs> right. that's what his bread and butter has been for the past few years. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, can he offer some more on offense? I mean, last year, he, I think he went in the opposite direction. Yeah, he didn't uh, have much of an impact at all on offense last year. So the Ravens lost Seth Roberts. Does he take some of that? you know, some of those targets. Sure. But I, I don't think that Chris Moore is going to end up being a starting wide receiver. One thing that, you know, from listening to Eric, I mean, he talked about the excitement about miles Boykin a little bit mm -hmm. too. He did kind of reference that, um, that I, th I think they're expecting miles Boykin to take a big leap next year. So no, I don't think that Chris Moore is all of a sudden going to be a guy who catches, you know, 30 balls. Right. Um, so, all right, this is a question from Frank Seitz. Frank, Frank says, great job on the daily podcast, um, especially keeping it interesting with the league rules on tampering and the ability to confirm moves. <laughs> uh, also, he's glad that Mink got a new mic and moved out of the uh, – moved into the 21st century, so congratulations <laughs> on that. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you. But with the current operating environment, what do you think the NFL draft looks like? Is it a Skype meeting? How does that go? I, I mean, I think that's a fascinating question. Um, mm -hmm. And if you're really interested in how coronavirus is affecting the team and the league overall, make sure you listen to our podcast with Dick Cass, where we talk in detail about all sorts of different things and how it's impacted the organization. I think it's going to be, I, I, I don't think anybody truly knows. Like, I don't know. Typically on draft weekend, there's a, there's a draft room and there's 30 people in the draft room. I don't know if that's the exact number, but there's a bunch. There's, there's coordinators, there's uh, Steve, there's Ozzy, there's Eric, there's scouts. There's, there's like 30 people in there. Is there going to be 30 people confined in a close room this year during the draft at the team facility? I don't think no. that's going to be likely. Um, I think it it's going be... to be a skeleton crew. Didn't Eric say that? I mean, yeah, it's I, going I to be a smaller crew there for the draft. Yeah. Um, you know, and Dick in the podcast mentioned maybe we come, maybe some people come back to work that week, but, but it's going to depend on what the situation is at that time. And no one knows at this point what it's going to look like a month from now. So, um, so, 
I, I think it's going to be really weird. Like, I think it's going to be a very different, little bit technically challenging situation. Um, where does the, where do the picks actually get made? You know, like every year I've gone to the draft and wherever it's been, Chicago, uh, Nashville, we have scouts who are there who literally write the name on the card and hand that in to the NFL. That's what becomes official. I don't know if we're going to have people handing in cards physically this year. Like that's a different, and that's why they're on the phone. Our scouts are on the phone with the general manager back in the building who's saying, put it in, put, put the card in. And they literally have to turn the card in. I don't know if that'll be the case this year. I think they're going to be just calling it into the NFL basically. And then you're going to have Roger Goodell in his man cave. Um, <laughs> you know, it's going to look like you in final drive. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just going to call in the picks and then have Roger read them you know, on TV. That's what I expect. Yeah. There's just a lot of, and, and that, that may be the case, but there's a lot of operational things that they got to figure out, you know, on that, on that sense. Um, it, it can be figured out obviously, but I think that there's, there's more to it than there's a lot that goes into that. Um, and I'll be, it'll be fascinating to see what it looks like. So uh, it's a good question, question from Frank. Another question. This one's a little off the wall. All right. This is from okay. Alleg- Allegra Kalen. I'm a big Ravens fan. Grew up in Maryland. I now live in Arizona. I love the podcast. Great work. Thank you for bringing it to us daily. Um, hashtag podcast bump. That's, mm-hmm. I like the inside. Like if someone does a hashtag podcast bump or they do the big, that no, you know, <laughs> then that they've been here for a while. Uh-huh. Uh, in keeping with the true spirit of Baltimore themes, I'm curious what your favorite things are about the Baltimore area. Food, places to go, whatever. Thank you for all the entertainment that you guys bring. Well, Gary, I mean, we should see this one up to you, given that you live downtown and I live in Montgomery County. So I'll let you, you ha- start. You hate Baltimore. So why don't you I give love Baltimore. You Baltimore. I just don't live there. Um, what I would say, my favorite things about Baltimore, I think that it's, I, I love the fact that it's a water town um, and that, that is something that's very in, intertwined into the culture. So the seafood, the crabs, um, I, you know, I love like the little, uh, bars and restaurants, um, that are all throughout the city, like Fells Point. It's great to walk around there. Actually yesterday got some fresh air, walked around Fells Point. It's just weird. Like you're, it's just, or you're walking around and there's no, nothing open there's, you know, businesses just doing takeout, but, there's no people around. There's no cars driving. It's almost like stepping into a time capsule, like before people drove. Um, <laughs> and there's, it's just, it's just eerie. I was, you know, in Fells Point walking around yesterday and it was an odd feeling, but let's I be honest. Walking. You were just looking around for any bar that was open, weren't you? There's no you bars just, or restaurants that are open. Yeah. You were just hoping somebody had some prohibition kind of stuff going <laughs> yeah. on. You were like, anybody, a secret anybody. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, those are, I, I think it's great to walk around Fells and Federal Hill and Canton and pop into different places. Um, so, so those are some of my favorite things. So when you're back in town, Allegra for a Ravens game next year, enjoy that. I mean, what about um, the crabs? I mean, I think it's sitting by the water eating crabs. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's great. That's, 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 Baltimore. but I only do that like once a year. Like really? I yeah. would say I, I do it probably like three times. It's not always by the water. There's some spots out a little bit out in the burbs that I go to. Yeah, I would say probably three times a year I eat crabs. Yeah, probably like a one time, one time a year. See, that's the thing about having you talk about Baltimore. Yes, you live there, but you're an Ohio kid. I mean, I grew up my whole life. Yeah, but you never lived I've, in Baltimore. I've, but I've it's, lived you know, in Maryland. You claim to be Baltimore. But I've lived in Baltimore. Maryland my entire life. 
Yeah, but I'm not sure if you understand how cities and states work. So there's a state <laughs> that includes everything. And then there's a city, which is within that state. You've never- yeah, but how many Baltimore. times did you visit Baltimore in your childhood? I went to Baltimore all the time growing up. Yeah, but that's, that's fine. That's great. I'm, I'm glad that you went to an Orioles game, you know, when you were a kid one time. It was There's a difference Orioles between right. living and visiting. And uh, you have never lived in Baltimore, so you don't get that's any true. sort of credit on this question. Wow. Wow. It says the, says the Cleveland kid. Yeah, says the says Baltimore the resident. <laughs> uh all right, so those are all the questions that we have uh, from you guys. Uh, again, there's more in the mailbag, and I expect there to be more coming, um, but those are the ones we're going to read today. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We know you got some time on your hands, so send some audio questions. Record yourself uh, on your phone. Send in the audio question. We'll play that uh, as part of the podcast. Also, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we've got Jimmy Smith, who is going to do the podcast tomorrow, which we're really excited about. Um, also working on some other guests. Um, Trying to nail down Mel Kuyper. All right. I'm calling out Allie Stoneberg over at ESPN. <laughs> Allie, dude, she does, she does Mel's PR. I've been hammering on that door for three weeks now. Come on, Allie. So we're yeah. fingers crossed that we're able to get Mel. Um, and uh, if there's other people you want to hear from, let us know. Email the show and let us know. So uh, thank you so much. Whoa, for whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, you got more to say? Yeah, I had a question for you. Oh, yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you miss me by this point? The the worst part of my, you know, now for for listeners, we have a <laughs> setup where I can see your face. You got a webcam, and I can see your face. I might I much preferred it when I didn't have to look at you. Now I'm just staring at your face <laughs> for forty minutes as we do this podcast. It was much better when there was no camera involved. <laughs> well, so does yeah. that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> that makes it a little clear. That makes it a little clear. Can I just? <laughs> Can I just talk a little bit about, like, obviously we've all been having a lot of COVID-19 thoughts and lessons. And, and I really thought about what Eric DaCosta said in that, like, this is a unique time to kind of to take stock of your life. And Are you about to get deep here, provide a life lesson? I mean, it, it's just I, I find a lot of conflicting emotions right now because, A, you know, working from, with kids from home, as I've mentioned a few times, is very difficult. Uh, but B, like being around your kids, I mean, like I, so many of us are used to dropping our kids off in the morning. And then I see, I see my one-year-old daughter for like an hour when mm-hmm. I get home from work to eat and then put her to bed. And like, it's honestly been extremely nice to bond on another level, deeper level with her. Right. But it's hard, but it's hard. Right. One, one thing I was saying to my wife the other night was, was, I don't understand these young people who keep going outside to do stuff. Like, are you kidding me? All you have to do if you have no kids and you're young is stay in your house and entertain yourself. I have to entertain two children <laughs> under four years old. Like, you haven't that, mentioned that. You haven't. This is the first time I'm hearing about that. Like, entertaining yourself is not hard. Just stay inside and do it. You know how many things there are on Netflix? Are you kidding me? No, That's I, not difficult. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to stay inside. Anyway, yeah, but like the, the bonding level thing is a whole other thing. And then, and then there's just like the, the impact that this is going to have on so many levels of our society. I mean, crime is going to go up, right? I mean, when people don't have the resources they need, crime's going to go up. Econ- obviously, economically, how it's impacting people 
just all of us becoming more reliant on our phones and web mm-hmm. stuff, right? Like losing some of that face-to-face connection with our friends and outside world. Right. I mean, I just think it's just, I, I have a lot of feelings about this. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Well, hopefully anyway. that, um, you know, hopefully it, we get through it. We will. Um, and however long it takes. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we might not be next to each other making terrible jokes and, and annoying each other for quite some time. I mean, Dick Cass, I mean that, is, that is one positive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I miss work. Like, you know, I mean, yeah, no, it is. I, I think that, I think that, uh, I think there's an element that people have of like, especially if, you, if you're a fortunate person who's able to work from home um, right. and you're not losing your job. Cause obviously that's a lot of, that's a lot of people. Um, yeah. But if you are one of the people who's working from home, there's an element of, oh, this is, you know, especially initially, it's kind of fun. I'm wearing sweatpants. Uh, <laughs> this is great. You know, no commute. Right. Um, but it's, it's not a snow day. Like it's, uh, it, it changes things. And I think that for me, it pretty quickly, it's like you do miss going to work and actually talking to people, taking the peanut butter, you know, all totally. that. Um, totally. But, but it's those little things that I think that uh, we will enjoy more when we get back. So. Well, and I think it's cool that the Ravens are reaching out and saying, you know, even, even some of the fun things with us employees, they're trying to kind of recreate in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of speaks to the organization as well. So we hope all you listeners out there, in whatever way you can, are keeping up your social contacts. Um, my friends and I were just talking about doing a kind of, you know, sit back and drink a beer all together digitally. Right. <laughs> late at night uh which is just weird um but maybe we'll do that so anyway that rant is over uh <laughs> i just think this is a unique time and it's it's we should talk about it like we're all going through this together we're here to share how we feel and we want to hear how you're doing with it um and we hope that you're all obviously staying safe because things are about to get a lot worse and we need all of us to help each other in not getting to that point yeah we're making it not as bad as it could be sure right all right so reach out to us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net we appreciate it and we will be back with you with jimmy smith tomorrow